We're in the series Introducing Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus told his disciples. Jesus just dropped a bomb on his disciples and he told them, I'm going away. I'm going back to the Father. I'm, not, I'm no longer going to be with you. So this was devastating for them. They had walked with him. They had left everything to follow Jesus, so they're devastated. But this is what he says. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He says, the world cannot accept him because it never sees him or knows him, but you know, for he lives in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. You can put the next one up, Dave. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. And then the last one. I have much more to say to you, more than, I can now, than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, know him intimately, and he will direct your paths. The Holy Spirit has been given to us by Jesus. And I think where we get off... No, I think where we're strong as Pentecostals and Charismatics is we, we know about what the Holy Spirit does. We seek after his gifts. We seek after what he can do in a revival setting. We can do all of that, but the Holy Spirit has been given to us for the journey. He's been given to you and I for our lives, for our daily lives. Jesus said he will guide you into all truth. Say that with me, all truth. All truth. Not just spiritual truth, not just the spiritual gifts, not just things that pertain to, to eternity, but he'll guide us into all truth. In all your ways, intimately know him, and then he will make your path straight. I said this a few minutes ago, but the church of Jesus has got to stop saying, oh man, this horrible, destructive situation came into my life. It must be God trying to test me, to, to grow me. That's not even biblical. In all your ways, know him intimately. He will direct your path. He will cut a swath right through all of that and see you through. And, and King David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the problem with us is that we've been taught this theology that if I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, then, then I, just, I just better realize that God brought me there because there's something he's trying to show me. God can use anything and use everything, and he does. Amen? He does. He doesn't waste anything. But I love what Roger Sapp said. He will, he will use the best hand that we deal him. I would rather know the God who says that the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Life is unfair because of the sin and the wickedness that, that is just all over this earth. Sometimes we walk through the valley shadow of death. 
But I will fear no evil, for he is with me and he is seeing me through. When I acknowledge him in all my ways, it's no guarantee that things aren't going to come, the devil's not going to make a move against me, that life isn't going to be difficult and bring disappointment. But I have this assurance that as I I know him intimately, he will see me through that valley of shadow of death and he will bring me through the other side. That's That's the God I serve, the one who sees me through, not the one who stuck me there. He's a good God. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us. All of us have two things in common. We all have a story, and we're all on a journey. And our story, I like to think of our story as the circumstances of your life, your upbringing, uh, the, the story of how Jesus intersected with your life. All of us have a story. My story was I was raised in a Christian home by wonderful Christian parents who were pastors, but I rebelled. But Jesus still intersected in my life. He still grabbed a hold of me, brought me back home to the goodness of the Father's kingdom, and he called me into the ministry. Now I'm on a journey, an ever-going journey. And the Holy Spirit is the one who has been given by Jesus to intersect Jesus into our story, but he's also the one given to us for the journey. So that I can say in all my ways, I will know him and he will direct my path. So I think the goal of the journey, the goal of our life is that we learn to walk intimately with the Holy Spirit. That's the goal. The goal isn't the ministry only. Uh, uh, the, the goal is in all the things we've relegated the Holy Spirit to. The church services, the revivals, the gifts of the Spirit, even the fruit of the Spirit, growing Jesus in me. The Holy Spirit is God on earth doing everything for me and in me and through me that God wants to do. He is God's sole representative on earth right now, and He first and foremost wants me to know Him, and He wants to know me because God loves me. God is passionate about me. God is desperate for me. The Father who gave His Son and the Son who allowed Himself to die, the Bible says both gave the Holy Spirit because they long for intimacy with me. In all my ways, know Him. He will direct my path. I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit protects me from a lot of dumb mistakes that I could make. The Holy Spirit has tried to protect me from a lot of dumb decisions that I've made anyways. Uh, It's interesting. The Holy Spirit is so interested in our journey and in our lives. He's so interested in, in our story. Can I just say this? The Bible says that you and I are the temples of the Holy Spirit. So there's this Old Testament model uh, of God's people who are called and set apart. They were a specific national group called Israel. By the way, God has never put the Jewish people aside. They're still his chosen people. He still blesses the world through them. And he still has a, a plan and a purpose in end times for them, as we already heard. He has not replaced Israel with the church. The church has been grafted into the blessings of Israel. Do we understand that? We joined them. We joined them. And 
the Old Testament model said this, that if you wanted to live in the blessing of God, if you wanted to experience intimacy with God, you literally had to become a proselyte. You had to become Jewish. You had to go worship at their temple or their tabernacle that the people would come so they could experience the goodness of God, right? You and I now live in a different age. This is the different age. We still, as a church, and, and there's, it's not that there's not a place for this, but we still, as a church, have this come and experience the Holy Spirit mentality, right? We, we say, if only my neighbors, if only the people I work with would come to my church and experience the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit could write Jesus into their experience, into their story. And that's good. That's good. But I want to tell you something. The real work the Holy Spirit wants to do is in you and I when we leave this morning. Because you and I are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You and I carry the Holy Spirit into people who their Jesus has not yet been written into their story. And they may never step foot in this church at this point. Right? We're still running revivals and we're still running concerts and we're still running things saying, if we pay, do it, they'll come. And guess what? They're not coming for the most part. I'm not trying to be harsh. I love it when the Holy Spirit pours out. I love renewal. I love revival. I love all of that. But we're putting all of our eggs in that basket saying, come, that Old Testament, come and experience. And the, how many of you know the Holy Spirit manifests differently with us collectively? Than he, there's a power. Absolutely. In all your ways, acknowledge, know him. He will direct your path. And every day he wants to direct us to people that he wants to write Jesus into their story. For every person, for every visitor, I love it. You know, I'm sure there's people that get offended and they leave. You know, I understand that or we're not for them or whatever. But I always laugh when we have visitors come. And after the service, they're holding a wad of Kleenex and they, they say, you know, I'm not a church person, but I just cried the whole service. There's something here. I love that. That's the Holy Spirit. But how many of you know, for every person that will come and experience the Holy Spirit here, there's probably about a thousand people that can experience the Holy Spirit in you and me as we leave this place. See, the Holy Spirit wrote Jesus into your story. I don't know what your story is. It might have been a Sunday school teacher. It might have been a a work person, a youth a group person when you're in school. I, I, don't, I don't know who did a pastor, a missionary, family member. But somebody who carried the presence of the Holy Spirit came into your life and presented Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit wrote Jesus into your story. And now you're on a journey with him. And the journey with him is that we can get to know him intimately. And as we looked at this a few weeks ago, it's so that God can walk with the cool in the garden with us once again. And so that God can know us and we can know him intimately. That's, that's the goal. That's how much the Holy Spirit loves us. And yes, the Holy Spirit wants to use us to write, to, to write Jesus into other people's experience. But man, the Holy Spirit every day wants you to experience Jesus in a new and fresh way as you draw close to him. And and I really think for us as North Americans, it's shutting out the distractions sometimes. It's turning it off. It's unplugging. It's putting it to, to, uh, what do you call that, buzzer mode and walking away from it where you can't hear it. It's just spending time 
with him. In all your ways, know him. He will guide your paths. He will guide your steps. And it's there that we get to learn to hear his voice and know his voice when he speaks. It starts with the daily practical things. It's him speaking to us when we make set that time aside. Why is it so important to set time aside just to shut out distractions, read his word and pray and, and say practical things like, Holy Spirit, help me as I read your word. Help me as I pray. Help me as I'm in your presence to learn to know your voice. Why is that important to do that? So that in the middle of the distractions, when the straight path starts to go like this, he can speak to you and you go, whoa, he spoke to me. He's making a way for me to follow in the midst of the confusion, the noise, the disappointment, the pain, the sickness. He's making a way for me to see me through and I can stand on that sure word because I, I know his voice. I like how John Revere says it. John Revere says he can be in a room full of people and hear hear his wife Lisa speak across the room and he doesn't need to look, he knows it's her. How many of you know that's true? I often joke, I think I said it last week, it's funny how much the Holy Spirit sounds like my wife Jackie. <laughs> and she'll go, I told you this two months ago. <laughs> well, the Holy Spirit just confirmed it, so leave me alone in the mouth of two or three witnesses. <laughs> She's not here this morning, so I can get away with it. He wants to know us intimately. And it's not always to give us our marching orders. He just wants to know us. But he does want to use us. You know, last night I went out for a walk. Because uh, I, I do like walking in the rain when it's a light rain. So I went and I was walking along the train tracks. I know it says do not trespass. But I was doing it so I could be with Jesus. So it's okay. And I was walking, <laughs> I was walking, along, I was walking along the train tracks. And uh, just speaking to the Holy Spirit. And as I came along the train tracks, I was intending to go out for about an hour. And I saw a break uh, in the fence by a park over by where I live. There was a break in the fence where probably kids cut back and forth. And I just went, huh, I'm going to go cut through this way. I had no intention of shortening my trip. Uh, I just, I cut that way. I just felt like as I was praying, cut that way. So I cut across the field. And then I said, you know what? I might as well just go home. I can just grab a coffee, sit down, and, and read, read the Bible and pray. But instead of going home, I actually went around the long way. I just felt, no, I'm just going to, and I'm not trying to make this more than it is, but you know, you just kind of go. I kind of stopped uh, uh, at the corner of Albert and, and, my, and where, uh, okay, I'll, I'll go there. I just feel like I should go this way. And as I did, and uh, is Sam here this morning? No, he's not. But as I was coming around the corner, one of my neighbors was coming out of Sam's house. And he walks to me and, and he goes, is that Jay? And I said, yeah. And he started to cry. And he goes, could we just talk? And I went in his house and for about 35, 40 minutes, he spoke. And then I was able to pray. And as I prayed, there was just this gentle sense of peace in the presence of the Holy Spirit that came. And then I just said to him, well... I've got dishes to do, and I told my son I would do them with, well, Seth had dishes to do. I said, I'll come, I'll help him with them, and I'm going to go home now. And he said, sure. And as I left, the Holy Spirit said, do you know that I spoke to you to cut through the fence? Do you know that I spoke to you to go the other way? And after I went, yeah, it, it was you, Lord. I could just sense it. It's one of those things. See, I could have stopped and gotten all spiritual and went, oh God, do you want me to go through the fence? Yes or no? If it's true, let a little muskrat run out of the fence. If you want me to go... 
It, it's a diversion on a trip where I was going nowhere. So it wasn't like a big deal. If it was to give $10,000, I would have prayed it through a little more. But it was a small thing. But can I tell you something? Listening to those little things uh, lead to hearing the big things. Knowing the little things in my daily life, like when the Holy Spirit tells me, turn off Netflix. It's a cruddy movie anyways. Turn it off. Get your coat on and go for a walk with me. A little thing. Okay? A little thing. But I obeyed. And the more that I obey and make time and, and acknowledge him in all my ways, Jay, it's time to, hey, like I said the other day, it was a great basketball game. It was, you know, Golden State in that, and it was in the fourth, and it was good. And I just felt the Lord say, are you willing to, to give that up to just spend time with me? And my first response was, well, aren't you watching the game? <laughs> I mean, Stephen Curry, the MVP, is a born-again, spirit-filled Christian after all. It, it, and so, so you do it. You do it. And when I got away from the game, I kind of had a posture of, okay, Lord, what great thing do you want to teach me today? What do you... I just, just hadn't talked to you today. And as we learn to acknowledge him in those little ways, when the... When, excuse the term, but when all hell breaks loose in our life, we know his voice. He's been given to us for the journey. Thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was walking along the tracks, and I said, thank you, Jesus, that the Holy Spirit wrote you into my story. Thank you, Jesus, that I tried to outrun you as a rebellious teenager. I tried to drown him out. I tried to do all kinds of things to drown out Jesus out of my life, a hurting, rebellious teenager. Holy Spirit just kept interjecting Jesus every time I turned around. I remember at 15 years old, at one point, going, I wish my parents would stop praying for me because every time I try to have fun, I just sense the Holy Spirit. <sighs> now at almost 46 years old, I say, thank you, Holy Spirit, that in the midst of those parties and in the midst of all that nonsense, you kept interjecting Jesus into my story. Thank you for that. But as I already said, the Holy Spirit wants to use us to interject Jesus into other people's stories. He wants to make an intersection between your life and theirs. And I had said this last week, how we see the, the model of Peter standing up on behalf of the church in Acts 2 when he preaches and 3,000 come, but that was a very unique situation. They were all religious uh, proselytes. They were all Jewish people. They all, the seeds had already been planted. <clears throat> But into, into our lives, we need to learn to just... Let, let me say this. We, Jim, need to be interested in other people's stories. I think sometimes I'm learning as a pastor. I, I, I want to be so fast to give the answer, right? And I think sometimes we want to be so fast to give the gospel message. So fast to tell people the truth. So fast to, t to present Jesus so we can run on and tell the next person. It's not really a biblical pattern outside of the leading of the Holy Spirit to do that. I really believe that what, what Jesus wants for me as a pastor is to become interested in your story and your journey. And as I become interested in your story and journey, along the way, opportunities will come, practical, and maybe you will come to me, maybe I'll just 
pick it up by listening, where I can, like, like this morning, for instance, there's people on a journey, and the journey's marked by disappointment. And the Holy Spirit says, I want to interject the hope and joy of Jesus into their situation. Well, well that can happen one-on-one, right? We're given opportunities. But, you know, you might be driving to work, and, and you'll just feel like the Lord say, you got to leave 10 minutes early today because uh, before you hit the Tim Hortons drive-thru, you need to hit the bank and take $60 out. So you do it. Worse that happens is you just use it to pay for something else. So you put that in your pocket, and you go to work that day. Somebody comes up to you on break and says, what's the matter? What's wrong, man? I just, since my spouse is being laid off, things are so tight, and I don't even know how I'm going to get home. I don't even have enough money to put gas in my vehicle. It's 60 bucks to fill it. And you say, really? (laughs) Folks, I hear things happening like that all the time. All the time. And you could be, you could kind of wimp out, you know, Matt, and go, well, I just happen to have $60. Here you go. God bless. Right? Or you could go, funny thing. This morning, as I was just getting ready, I was just talking to the Lord. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, and if you want to see the time stamp on it, it was on the way to work this morning. I believe God wanted you to know he loves you and cares for you. Here's $60. Things like that happen all the time. I have had the wonderful privilege of being the in-between person. You know, someone, someone will come and share a need and Someone in the church will come to me. We haven't announced or said anything. And they'll come and say, I just feel like the Lord told me that we need to give money to so-and-so, but I don't want them to know it's me. Can you, just, can you just do that? Absolutely, I will. And I've had people call me back later and say, that's the exact amount we needed. How did those people know? Did you tell them? I didn't tell them. They were listening to someone greater than me. I've had the privilege of doing that. I had a pastor I worked for one time, and uh, him and his wife, for the first time in their life, needed to buy a second car, and this might shock you, but as a pastor, things were tight financially, and uh, that's just, it is for all of us, I know. (laughs) I just thought I'd say that. No, and so they had to buy a second car, and so they had a budget, and they were going to do it. Uh, Same morning, a man in that congregation and I obviously found this out later, but that man in the congregation who was very well off had sold a business for millions of dollars. It was just a real blessing to the church. But the Holy Spirit spoke to him in his morning time and said, what are your plans today? He said, my plans are to go and trade in the car, see what I can get for it, and buy, buy the new Sebring convertible for my wife. And the Holy Spirit says, if, if one of the pastors calls you today and says they need a car, I want you to give it to him for a dollar. So that morning, the pastor, my boss, and this man happened to cross paths. And the man says, hey, so what's, what's going on today? Are you free for lunch? pastor says, I can't. My wife and I are going to go to the car lot because we need to get cars. And he says, hey, why don't you come? To, can you meet me down at my house for a minute? pastor went down. And the person said, do you like that car? Oh, yeah, if that was on the lot, I'd buy that in a second. He goes, do you have a loony? Yeah, why? Let me see the loony. Took the loony and goes, there it is. It's yours. Handed it over to him. And he said, this morning, the, this morning as I was getting dressed and getting ready to go to the car lot, the Lord told me to give it to whatever staff. Incredible stories of just listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
You say, wow, they must be spiritual. No, I know most of these people. They're just like you and they're just like me. And the Holy Spirit wants to use us to create intersections that will allow him to write the goodness of Jesus into people's lives. It's honestly, it's really that simple. We want to formulize everything, you know what I mean? We want to run classes. I think it's, I mean, I think it's kind of disheartening that we've got to run 12 weeks how to speak to people about Jesus courses. We've been given the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his own, what did Jesus tell his disciples? Listen, they're going to arrest you, throw you in prison, they're going to flog you, they're going to beat you, some of you are going to die. Don't worry about it. Because when you stand before them, the Spirit of God will tell you what to say. And we can't even talk to people at work we've known for 20 years about Jesus without using a card or a formula or having six months training. I love what Len always says. Len says, if you ask me to introduce you to my wife, he goes, I'm not going to have to look it up. I'm not going to have to Google it or read it off a card. I'm going to be able to tell you all about how much time do you have when we're walking intimately with Jesus, intimately with the Holy Spirit. How hard is it just to talk about Jesus because he's part of our life? How many times have I mentioned basketball this morning? Twice already. You know why? Because it's part of my life. Stu, if I asked you right now, every player in the Chicago Blackhawks, you could tell me, couldn't you? Yes, he could. Absolutely. And we've been given the Holy Spirit so that Jesus is that familiar, that we can just share with people and insert him into their journey. I'm not trying to take away from, I, I ran how to witness to your friends as a youth pastor. I, I did that, and that's okay. But at some point, it just comes out of intimacy. At some point, it's just knowing his voice. At some point, it's just looking and seeing needs. By the way, if the Bible's already spoken to a need, if the Bible's already spoken to it, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the, the, the word is God-breathed. The Holy Spirit brought the word into existence. So if the Holy Spirit's already spoken to it, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and how much, maybe. If you see a brother or sister in need, do something. I had a friend one time, I met him downtown, and it was January, it was in Peterborough, and he had no coat on, and I said, what are you doing? And he just said, you know Mike, the guy you work with at the mission? I said, yeah. He goes, he had no coat, so I gave it to him. I said, that was like a $200 coat you got for Christmas, and back in the 1980s, 200 bucks was a lot of money for a coat. He goes, yep, I'm on my way to get another one. He bought a $50 coat, and he said, don't tell anybody. And I said, why'd you do it? And he goes, because the Bible says if I see someone in need and I have the means to, if I have the means to meet it, I'm to meet it. He goes, so I met it. Now I've only got 50 bucks left, so I've got to find a coat for 50 bucks. But he goes, I had $50. He didn't. Right? So we're on a journey. We have to become interested in people's stories. And as we invest and as we listen and as we get to know their story, then the Holy Spirit will give us divine moments of intersection where we can just reach in and present Jesus and let Jesus, let the Holy Spirit write Jesus into their, into their story. You know? For me, it was a lot of interjections. A lot of intersections. But the Holy Spirit never gave up on me. But the goal, the goal of your journey is to walk in intimacy with Him. 
first. And out of that, out of that acknowledgement, out of that knowing him, he will direct your paths for your own life as well as for touching others. And I just, I just want you to know today, I just feel someone needs to know this, how much the Holy Spirit loves you. He's even invested to get you here this morning. And he brought you here this morning. If you don't hear anything else, I just want you to hear these words from the heart of Jesus. The Holy Spirit says, I don't speak on my own. He speaks only what Jesus says. But I can tell you with all confidence, Jesus Christ loves you. He gave himself for you on the cross. He died for you. And you say, well, you don't know what I've done. No, I don't. You don't know what I've done. Jesus died for you anyways. He loves you. There is no sin so great that it can't be forgiven. There's no life so tragic that God can't redeem it. There's no circumstance hopeless that Jesus won't speak his life into it, rebuke the devourer Satan on your behalf, and set you free and put you on a brand new course. Your life has been like this. You feel like you're going all over and you're going backwards. I want you to know he'll cut a path through all of that junk and he'll make a straight way for you. A life, of, life marked by joy, a life marked by meaning, a life marked by freedom. That's what Jesus did for us, and that's what the Holy Spirit wants to insert in your spirit today. So whoever you are, don't leave this place today without meeting with the person that brought you, or speaking with me, or somebody that you know, and saying, I just want to know more about what it is to serve Jesus. I just feel I need to say this this morning. And if, if that's you, or any number of you, we have a handbook that does share with you the heart of God for you as a, as a person who's on a journey to knowing Jesus. We want to give that to you. We also have Bibles here. We would love to give you uh, a Bible to read. Find yourself in this book and you'll find life. Amen? So this is what we're going to do to close. Let me pray for whoever that is this morning. Lord, whoever that is today, I just pray, Jesus, that maybe for the first time in their life, they would see how worthy they are. They are worthy because when you hung on the cross, your father traded your life for theirs. Your father, the Bible says, crushed you and allowed their sins to be placed on you so you could take their punishment, their shame, their failures, their bad attitudes. All of those things were placed on you, Jesus. You were punished. You served the prison term. You served the sentence so they could go free. That's how much your father loves them. And I pray today that that truth and that reality would be like a seed that's planted in their lives and it would start to grow and just change their whole outlook about themselves. That they'd be able to say, I am worthy because of what Jesus has already accomplished on the cross for me in Jesus' name. And they would embrace that today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer... I just want to say to you, welcome to the family of God. Man, you're in for an adventure of a lifetime. So we're just going to close in a minute. But before we do that, I just feel that we just need to do this uh, in the closing moments. Uh, I don't know. I, I, again, I really believe that this is how the Holy Spirit has directed me. Uh, I think maybe I know why. Do you mind if I just give you a brief explanation why I think we're going to pray for the sick this way? 
this morning? Because again, you take the Holy Spirit with you when you leave this place. And you need to realize that you don't need the great music. You don't need the anointed atmosphere. You don't need any of that. The Bible says, these signs shall follow those that believe. They, they shall heal sick. And if sick people are healed here this morning, sick people can be healed out there. By the way, what a great intersection into people's lives. I was so proud of someone from our church last Sunday. I was out at a restaurant with someone from the church and someone came in for a takeout meal and they're here this morning and I'm not going to point them out. But I heard them talking to the waitress over at Bad Dog. Those waitresses at Bad Dog, they're going to have no choice but to get saved the amount of people from our church that go in there every week. And I heard, I heard that they don't know I heard, but I heard them say to the waitress something about, yeah, we prayed for someone last Wednesday and they were healed in the moment. Their pain went down and Jesus healed them and I was so proud. I was so proud. They didn't go, and if you want to know more, go talk. That's the pastor right over there. He, they just shared Jesus. Then they took their meal and they walked out. Another seed planted in a life about the power of Jesus healing is just a great in with people because if someone's in complete pain and agony and the Holy Spirit says, come on, and you pray for them and they're set free, hmm, awesome. Then you're able to say, if you think Jesus did that to your body, wait till you see what he'll do with your entire being, man, right? So if you're here this morning and you have a physical need, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to pray for you just as we leave. Well, I know we usually call people forward, but I just feel this is how we have to do this this morning. You have a physical need, stand. Yeah. <coughs> what we're going to do is, and I'm going to tell you up front, not that it's a formula, but I love how Roger Sapp taught us to pray. This healing belongs to me because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. The truth will set you free, Jesus said, and that's the truth. That's not a mantra. That's not a gimmicky. That's truth. That is the gospel. You qualify this morning. Not because of your goodness. And you don't disqualify because you're not good. You qualify because of what Jesus Christ. He took stripes upon his back that left him in pain and agony. He suffered that so you could be free from suffering this morning. I declare that in the name of Jesus Christ. And I declare every sickness healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare all pain to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak faith over each and every person that's standing. Even if it's the size of a mustard seed, it's more than enough because he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine in Jesus' name. So let faith arise in the body of Christ and we speak and loose we loose from everybody every sickness and every disease in the name of Jesus you are a cursed thing the devil has come to steal kill and destroy Jesus has come that these people may be healed and have life so Holy Spirit even before we pray I pray that you would take what is Jesus what Jesus has made available and just start to bless and manifest these people's bodies as they stand in your presence today Holy Spirit come 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 Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus and start to manifest that healing in Jesus' name. There's people right now, you're starting to feel Jesus heal your body. Does anybody feel the Holy Spirit right now? Just put your hand up. If not, we're going to send people to you anyways.
Okay, we want people to go lay hands on the sick right now, okay, in the name of Jesus. This is how we're going to end the service today, okay? Just go and pray. Make sure that everybody has someone. If you're a believer and you have faith, don't, listen, you don't need to ask Jesus to heal him. He's already healed them according to 1 Peter. You just need to command the sickness to go. You just need to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and bless them. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we release you to work in each and every body. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. The most powerful name in the entire universe. The name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This healing belongs to each and every person, Jesus, because of what you've accomplished. It's theirs for the taking because you're good. It's theirs for the receiving because you paid the price. We are just saying thank you, Jesus. We receive today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If Jesus calls you to take a step of faith, those that are being prayed for, just take a step. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody that was prayed for and you say, I can, I, I can feel pain going or I can feel, is there anyone who's improved? Anyone? Okay, we're going to just pray again in closing. It's Jesus' will to heal every person. Dave, how's your dad? Well, why don't you tell those who don't know and need a faith encouragement what your dad had, how four teenage girls prayed for him, and what's happened since. Even just showed it from back there. That's fine.
doctor confirmed. Par- right? Doctor confirmed. By the way, Parkinson's doesn't go into recession. Once you get it, it gets worse. But Jesus inserted himself by the power of the Holy Spirit into Leo's body, and Leo is whole today. So I just want to speak to every person that stood this morning. Leo is no more worthy than any of you. You are made eligible because of what Jesus did on the cross. And the same healing is yours today. So Jesus, we close this service saying that every morning we wake up, that healing may not manifest. We just need to say, I receive healing because of what Jesus did on the cross. And my healing is going to be a testimony to all the cynics, to all the people that don't believe, and all the people who have yet to believe that Jesus Christ is alive, he's well, he's risen from the grave, he's given us the Holy Spirit, and he is life and life personified. He is full, abundant life because that's the God we serve, and that's the testimony that we are going to have when my body is healed. In Jesus' name we pray. We will not let the devil rob Jesus of this wonderful testimony of God's goodness. And so we just bind Holy Spirit, the stripes that Jesus took to each and every circumstance, each and every life as they stood today, what you've done for Leo, what you have done for about 42 or 43 people over the last month, you will do for each and every person in this room. We pray this in Jesus' name. And I just pray that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the wonderful intimate acknowledgement and fellowship of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life would go with each one today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.